ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Friday, May 22nd. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Coming up today on the program, we're going to hear from Thomas May from the Ona Speedway, the Cabin Fever Bash taking place on Saturday. We're going to be broadcasting that Live, that's right, live on our Kindred Communications digital channel. That'll begin at 4 o'clock. All you have to do is go to our Facebook page. That's ESPN 94.1 Huntington. Find that Facebook page, like it, then you'll be able to find the race. We'll have that for you coming up. Our very own Jason Toy is going to be doing the race. We're looking forward to all that. Now, fans will not be able to attend, so that's why we're video streaming it. But the beginning of racing at Ona Speedway post-pandemic taking place tomorrow. So looking forward to it. I know for a while the weather there was kind of making this questionable, but they've got things in place to be able to pull this off. So looking forward to hearing from Thomas Mays. He joins me coming up at about 5.30. So we've got a lot to get into today, so let's go ahead and do that. Marshall University, football season, that's been a question for a lot of people wondering if that's going to be a reality. Well, Marshall still under the guise of, yes, it's going to happen. That's their position right now. And until we get to the point where it can't happen, I would understand if that's what they would say. We're going to have a football season. That's what we're planning on doing. And they're being proactive. Of course, we heard earlier in the week that student athletes will be back on campus. I got a statement from Doc Holliday yesterday that said Mike Hamrick, his staff, and our team doctors – have worked tirelessly to come up with a plan to safely bring our players back to campus. I appreciate everything they have done. I know our players are excited to get back to work. And that, of course, is from Doc Holliday. So he's excited. They're going to get the players back. They're going to quarantine them and then get them back, get as much as they possibly can in with them. But there's still that question. Are we doing this for nothing? Well, you got to do this if you're progressing toward possible football season, whatever shape may look like. But Marshall releasing a, a an update today, sort of like a letter to the season ticket holders, letter to fans. And the big takeaway here is this statement. While we do not believe at this time that there will be any changes made to the football schedule or for fans not being able to attend the games live and in person, we have prepared a few different ticket options in the unlikely event that the season is canceled or fans are not permitted inside the stadium while the games are played. And these options are, let's go down the options. First option is season ticket holders will have the option to transfer any payments to the following football season as a credit for next season's tickets. So you paid for your tickets, there's no season. What do you do? transfer that balance over they'll pay for next year's tickets okay that's that's a fair option number two season ticket holders will have the option to apply any payments made as a 100 percent tax deductible donation 
to the Marshall Athletics Department and Big Green Scholarship Foundation. So you have the option to, okay, you know what, I'll get tickets next year. I'm just going to drop this over to Marshall. Marshall, the Athletic Department, the Big Green Scholarship Foundation, it's a tax write-off for me, and the Athletic Department gets the benefit of the money. So that's an option for you. Or here's what you could do. Season ticket holders will have the option to receive a refund for any canceled games as part of the 2020 football season. So get a refund. That's it. We'll talk about it next year, but I'm going to get a refund. So those are your options right now. And, of course, you want to read more about that, herdzone.com. You can get more information there if you still haven't decided if you're going to get your season tickets or not. And, of course, if you're going to have a football season, season tickets are important, and you just don't know. You just don't know if this is going to be able to be pulled off. So you've got a safety net here. If you want to just go ahead, get your tickets, feel like, okay, I'm going to find out what happens here, you've got some options. You could get your tickets now, and if it doesn't happen, you've got an option to get a refund, okay? You've got an option to, you know what, just move that forward. I'll get my tickets next year when there's a season. I've already got them paid for. Don't have to worry about that. Just move it forward. Or if you're paying on the tickets right now, if you've made payments, and you can apply that money towards Marshall University, to the Athletic Department, and the Big Green Scholarship Foundation, use that as a tax deduction, that's your option right now. So Marshall, at least Marshall's being very transparent in the fact that, okay, we're taking your season ticket applications now. You can buy those. You can get those right now. We're taking that money. But if we don't have a season, here's what we're going to do. We plan on having a season, but if we don't, here's what happens. So at least you know if you decide to purchase a season ticket and there's no season, you've got three options outlined here. I understand why they're doing this because a lot of people are probably sitting on their ticket money thinking, you know what, I'm just going to wait and see. I'm going to wait. Maybe I'll just buy single game tickets. Maybe I'll do that. I'm just going to wait and see, find out what the season looks like. At the same time, a lot of people want to lock those tickets in because, well, in the event that there is a season, now I don't know if there's going to be full capacity allowed at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. No one knows that right now. That's going to depend on a lot of things, including health officials, state officials, university officials, conference officials. Everything's going to have to come in place to allow a certain amount of people. And we've heard Ohio State talk about, you know, we're going to have maybe 20% capacity, you know, limited capacity here, spread them out. I can't envision a college football game without fans. I can't envision it. That might be the reality, but I can't envision it right now because that's the thing. College football, way better with the fans. Much better. College football is a fan sport in person. I think the NFL, while better with fans, also, I'm going to watch the NFL. I don't I don't care if there are fans in the stands. I don't care. I've, I've done it before. I've watched Washington Redskins games, and there have been no fans in the stands. So I know what that looks like already. So that's where Thundering Herd is at right now. Well, other institutions, other universities, everybody's approaching this June 1st date differently. West Virginia University's athletic director, Shane Lyons, in a report from WV Metro News, Shane said, we are not ready here yet for June 1st. I can tell you that. We have already dealt with our medical team. We look like we will probably be in the middle of the month. There's a phase-in process. 
Now, West Virginia, they've been going about things a little differently. Staff reductions, furloughs throughout the athletic department. And the story, if you want to read it at WV Metro News, Lions, of course, adding, we have a risk now, which is the virus. How are we going to manage it? That's the hypotheticals we have each and every day. We can't just stop. I think we did that for a while with everything we did, but America is ready to start back up again. So he's going under the function of, okay, we're going to try to get things in place. We don't know how it's going to look, how we're going to manage it, but everything's starting back up. We can't just sit back here and wait. And that seems to be the attitude of a lot of people. Now, does that mean it's a slow process getting back? Does that mean it's going to be a quick process somewhere in the middle? We don't know. And that's the challenge to figure out everything that's happening right now. All right, when we continue, we will talk about what happened with ECU. We didn't have a show yesterday due to race obligation, but some things happening with ECU. They announced some reduction of programs, and we'll talk about that later on coming up on the program. We're going to hear from Thomas Mays from the Ona Speedway. Coming up on Saturday, the Cabin Fever Bash is taking place. We'll have live streaming on that. You can go to our Facebook page, ESPN 94.1 Huntington, and you can log in there because we'll have the race for you on our video stream, uh, part of our Kindred Digital Sports Package. Jason Toy is going to be doing all the play-by-play action, so I'm excited to hear him do some racing. It's been a while. And that's coming up on Saturday. Thomas Mays joins me in about 15 minutes. More coming up here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. Still to come on the program, we're going to hear from Thomas Mays from the Ona Speedway. He's going to join me here in about 10 minutes. We're going to talk about the Cabin Fever Bash, which is taking place. It's tomorrow. We're going to have it live on our digital channels. That begins at 4 o'clock. Jason Toy is going to have all the play-by-play action of that. So Thomas Mays joins us from the Ona Speedway here in about 10 minutes or so. Looking forward to talking to him. And, of course, if you're on social media You saw that the event was on, then you saw that the event was off, and then you saw that the event was on again. Or if you thought the event is off and I got the date wrong, no, the event's back. So Thomas clears all of that up for us coming up here in about 10 minutes on the drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So yesterday we didn't have a show And if we did, this would have been one of our big stories. East Carolina University announcing yesterday that they're reducing the number of their athletic programs by four, and that's effective immediately. Now, why are they doing this? It's being done because they've got an overall budget restructuring effort, and they've analyzed. They say it's a detailed analysis of their athletics financial position during the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Here are the programs that just got hit. Men's swimming and diving, women's swimming and diving, men's tennis, and women's tennis. Now, I don't know what their facilities look like for swimming and diving and for tennis. So I don't know if that's a huge hit as far as spectators, if that's a huge hit as far as The popularity of those sports, I can't say for certain at ECU, but you're starting to see 
more programs trying to find ways to cut what they're spending. And so ECU, they're cutting tennis. So right now, if I'm John Mercer, I'm probably, okay, who do they have? Can we get one? Are they worth going after? And that's coaches probably across America because I'm sure names, if unless these student-athletes want to stay at ECU, they're there because they want to be at ECU. If they're looking for an opportunity and I'm a tennis coach, I'm thinking, okay, maybe I can add somebody to my roster, get someone who's pretty good. I don't know how good their tennis program is. Same thing with swimming and diving. That's going to be the fear. What programs are going to be cut across the country, depending on the university and the situation? There's not going to be, I think, that cohesive amount of programs for each university. You've got conferences that have, okay, here are the set programs you must have. These are the programs. But, for example, Kentucky competes in Conference USA for soccer. Why? The SEC doesn't offer it. So could you see a possibility of maybe conferences cutting programs from their sponsored sports? Could that be the next step? That, okay, these are the sports that you have to have. Now, Marshall's right there at the limit. Marshall's at the number. Marshall's not adding. I don't think Marshall can cut. I don't see that happening. And the good news is Marshall hasn't made any overtures to reduce budget. If they've done it, they're doing it privately. If they are cutting things, they're not announcing it. They're not broadcasting it for Paul Swan to talk about on the drive or Chuck Landon from the Herald-Dispatch. They're not, they're not doing that. Still, you hate that. Because here's what this means for ECU. They're limiting the sports, and they're taking measures that will be basically to reduce the financial deficit their athletics program faces for the current fiscal year and the coming years. The plan will get this, the plan because of this. They're going to get about an estimated $4.9 million long-term savings. And the funds that are saved will go toward reducing the current deficit and reducing the institutional investment in future years. So they're basically saying, look, we're going to invest what makes sense to us. And if we can overextend, maybe in the future, maybe that conversation comes back up. But Athletic departments are going to contract. Now, it doesn't make you feel good if you're on the tennis team right now or if you're a part of the swimming and diving team, but those contractions are coming as we get closer to what college football is going to look like and what the shortfall is going to be because everything's going to take a hit. It just depends on how much of a hit will athletic departments make or take. What, what's going to be the damage? And you're going to see this more and more. You're going to see just a, a list of this program's cutting this. This program is cutting that. And fortunately, you're not seeing that at Marshall. And hopefully that's not going to happen anytime soon. And I haven't heard any indication that that's on the, on the table. And I don't think it is. But still, ECU, you would think ECU could handle a few more programs. They've got a bigger budget. But as we've heard and seen with college athletics, what you bring in is pretty much your budget. There's no savings. There's no nest egg. You're not able. Some programs can bank a few dollars. Some programs 
they're spending what they're making, and it's current bills, or you're spending towards facilities. Again, the arms race, it might not happen as much as you think. It might be something that's a little bit more long-term focus now with the arms race because if you're trying to keep an athletic department maintained, you need facilities, yes. But are you going to spend money on new facilities anytime soon? Or are you going to make do with what you have? Each university's plan is going to be different. Right now, the goal here is let's just keep the athletic department going. And how do you do that? Figuring out how to have college football. Figuring out what's going to be allowed and how you can make the best of the situation. I don't think we're going to see a season without football. The way things are pointing right now, unless there is a resurgence in the virus, that opening things up will cause more cases, peaks and spikes, unless that really happens, I anticipate we're going to see in some form, not maybe with a a full stadium, in some form, you're going to see college football. And then that's going to open up the college basketball. And that's a different beast altogether. At least with college football, for the most part, you're outside. You're in open air. You've got large stadiums. You can socially distance better if you've got plans. College basketball, how does that work? Is college basketball going to be, okay, we're going to space this way or we're going to limit capacity to this And it's going to be a television event more. You've got the capability. You can televise all the games. At least you can control your home games. And we don't even know what, if any, schedule adjustments are going to be made, if that's going to be something that we're going to see, if there's going to be major adjustments to compensate. And all that's still coming. And we don't know right now. We're going to get to a point where things are going to come out because they're going to have to to move forward. The SEC, they're finally going to permit voluntary in-person athletics. And I know there was probably some debate there, but we'll talk more about that later on. But we're going to turn our attention to racing locally. Thomas Mays joins us from the Ona Speedway. The Cabin Fever Bash is taking place on Saturday. It's going to be broadcast live on our Kendrick Communications digital platforms. We'll start that beginning at 4 o'clock. I believe that's going to be our airtime. Jason Toy is going to have all the play-by-play action of that, so we hope you tune in. All you have to do is go to our Facebook page, or you can go to, I believe we will have it, on our Kindred digital platform website, but go to our Facebook page. That's the best place to go to catch all of that action. We'll tell you more about that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive for Friday, May 22nd. Coming up tomorrow at the Owner Speedway, racing begins again. We've got the Cabin Fever Bash taking place. We're going to have that for you on our Kindred Communications digital platform. Jason Toy is going to have the call, so I'm excited to hear Jason on the call. And to tell us more about the event, Thomas Mays from the Owner Speedway now joins us on the program how you doing, Thomas? Good to talk to you. Doing great. Good to be on here. So, 
Cabin Fever Bash. That could not be titled more appropriately the way everyone's been craving sports. And with the Ona Speedway opening back up to a degree, I'm sure a lot of people are just going to be excited to watch this thing tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. And that's how we kind of come across the name. I had somebody comment about uh, racing or they was wanting to come and race. And I said, yeah, everybody's just got cabin fever. So he's like, you know, it's kind of a light went off. I was like, that's what we're going to call it, you know, the cabin fever bash and, and let these guys get out and run some laps. You know, it's kind of different for everybody. None of these guys have ever raced without fans in the stands, and we've never had a race without fans in the stands, but we figured out a way to uh, be able to make it happen. So let's talk about that process. Obviously, you don't have fans, so fans are not able to attend, but what are the challenges of putting together a race with social distancing and with the pandemic going on? Yeah, it's it's been a process for us, and we made it all happen in about 10 days, you know, so it was a really hectic and really a lot of work for us. Uh, originally, we started to do a pay-per-view uh, set up, and obviously, uh, you know, Kendrick Communications contacted us about doing it this direction and selling commercials and stuff to get some funding to be able to do it and make it free for all of the fans to be able to watch. So, I mean, that's worked out in a great way. The community stepped up tremendously with their uh, commercials and buying spots and restarts and checkered flags and and everything so you know it worked out absolutely great on that part of it Um, I know the fans would love to be here but it's a uh, you know the best we can do is bring it to them live and at least they can all watch it and it's all going to be free for them versus having to do a pay-per-view deal Um, you know our pit area we're having a parker trailers you know kind of leaving a distance in between them and and telling everybody to kind of stay with their, their crews and, and drivers all stay together. And, and you know, so we made it happen, and everybody's excited, and everybody's ready to get back behind the wheel of these race cars. It's been a long winter for them. I'm sure you didn't have any shortage of drivers wanting to be a part of this. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, it went through the roof. You know, I told them, you know, the payout was going to be, you know, different from normal weekly racing because we don't have fans in the stands and we don't have all that coming in. Um, and then at that point they didn't care, you know, these cars have been set since last October and typically we're racing in April, you know, so we're, we're two months behind basically trying to get started and these guys are just ready to go. Thomas Mays joins us from the owner's speedway. So what are some of the extra precautions you had to put into place? I've been watching NASCAR the last few days and seeing what they're going through. What's the process like for you at Ona? a little different, just a little different setup than at a speedway. Right, yeah, it's a little different for us. Typically, you know, our crew guys all come in together, ride together, as long as they stay together. You know, it's not a big issue. Um, you know, we just don't have no spectators here on the, on the fan side of it. Um, we had to put up a lot of signs and, and that type of stuff around the area and around the speedway as far as the reminding people of the social distancing and, and that type of stuff. Joining us on the program from the owner speedway is Thomas Mays. So the event... Gates open. Now, this is more racer information than anything. Gates open at 9.30 a.m. Practice is going to be from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Racing starts at 4 p.m. And this is still going on because I know earlier there was a question, okay, we might not be able to do this, and then, okay, the race is back on again. So we want to stress that, yes, and if you saw something on social media, uh, it's back on. It was off. Now it's back on again. Yes, yes. Well, this morning when I got here, the, the the Mud River that runs behind the racetrack, it came up out of its banks and was actually up in our ticket booth and all up in the field. And our pit area is all of the grassy field. 
and there was just no way. I mean, I'm here now, and it's still up into the field. There was just no way we could park there. Um, so we had to, you know, I had to make the call to say, hey, there's just no way. Even if the water goes down, it's just too wet, too saturated to park the haulers. And and everybody that was everybody was all upset and wanting to race. And so I went to the airport, which is actually next door to us, and talked with them and had a meeting. And two hours later, we got to go ahead if they're going to allow us to, to park on that side. And it's all blacktop paved area out of the water. So we was able to put, get the show back on. So they're excited as well. I mean, you made that happen in two hours, so they have to be excited for this. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, they was they was ready to race as well, and, and you know they was on board with us to do what we had to do to make it happen. Thomas, depending on the success of this first run, is this how you see Ona Speedway operating for at least the the near term, the foreseeable future, or are you going to try to phase things in as you're allowed to get fans back eventually? Most definitely. We're uh, waiting on the governors. We've been in meetings with the senators and everybody that's working closely with the governor. Um, and they're saying they're going to make the next call on sporting events uh, June 8th, um, the next guideline set for that. So we're hoping we can go to a you know 25 to 50% capacity in our stands and still kind of seat every other row or something like that and get it opened up because we can seat 2,000 people. So if they'll let me go 500 to 1,000 in our stands would be great. Um, and we're, we're shooting for June 13th to get back and having some fans in the stands. So what's your schedule look like after this? Are you going to be racing in the short term or waiting for that next uh, milestone to try to get fans back? Right. You know, we're going to wait till June 13th, um, and then it'll either be with fans or without. We'll try to do another event. It's just not financially. It's just hard to do this week in and week out. Um, I know these guys are just wanting to run, so I think we'll get them a week under their belt. You know, that'll give us about three weeks to try to get something together with fans. So we're just going to we're going to run this weekend, and then we're going to take a couple weeks off. We'll do some practices and that type of stuff here, um, but the next racing event won't be until June 13th. And everybody can stay tuned to our Facebook page, and and we'll let them know if it'll be with fans or without. Now, we haven't talked too much about the streaming, other than the fact we're doing it. You got Jason Toy, a good friend of mine working the race tomorrow. I mean, you're getting some major MRN talent there in Jason Toy. I don't want his head to get too big, but he he's, <laughs> he's, he's a big-time talent when it comes to racing, and, and I have to I have to say that honestly because he is pretty damn good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're excited to have him here. I know this is where he got his start in the 90s, so we're very excited to, uh, to have him here uh, this weekend and back at his roots. Let's get him in a vehicle. I, I know that's not his calling. Uh, he's more an on-air guy, but we need to get him in a vehicle. Maybe just a, a practice run, just to see what it looks like, if he can remember what to do. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to see if we can make it happen. Have a media race. You know, let's just have a media race eventually. I, I don't know what the insurance would look like on that, but it needs to happen. Oh, we could make it happen on the insurance side as long as we can get people to let you guys drive their cars. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. That's the challenge there. That's uh, yeah. I wouldn't. That's the challenge. I, I wouldn't let me drive my car either. No, I wouldn't <laughs> let me. Thomas Mays joins us from the owner Speedway. So again, everybody wants to find out more about this, and we encourage them to go to your website. Also, find you on Facebook. We're going to be streaming the race tomorrow. I believe it's going to be on all our platforms. So four o'clock is when we start racing. Uh, do you? What time do you anticipate we're going on air with this? We're going straight up at four. Four o'clock straight up, yes. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to be tuned in tomorrow, and uh, hopefully this is successful and we can do more of this. Yes, I hope it is, especially if we're not allowed to get fans. Hopefully this is a success, and we'll, we'll continue it uh, later on if we don't aren't allowed to get our fans here. 
do you anticipate, even if you get fans back, maybe doing more events like this? Uh, yeah, and, and if we can get the support and the commercials and, you know, we'll have fans and we may do some live streaming as well, do both. Especially, especially if we're running a reduced capacity on our fans, we'll try to do both. Thomas Mays joins me from the Ona Speedway. Hey, congratulations. This is a, a, a big event being put together in such a short time. I can't wait to see what it looks like tomorrow. All right, man. Thank you, guys. Thomas Mays from the Ona Speedway, the Cabin Fever Bash taking place. Race starts at 4 o'clock. Jason Toy of MRN Radio and Big Buck 1015 will be on the call. We'll have all that for you on our digital platforms starting tomorrow. We've got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition. Paul Swan, your host for Friday, May 22nd. Our phone lines brought to you, as always, by Miller Lite. Miller Lite holds true great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. We're trying to figure out what college athletics will look like here in the next few weeks, and I don't think anyone has a true indication until we just get closer and closer to the actual target date. I understand that the NHL might have an idea of what the season looks like. Players Association voting on a proposal. We might find out the details of that coming up tonight. That would make me happy. Personally, that's the sport I miss the most. Of course, we're also getting a little anxious for the fact that we don't have football just yet, and we might not have football, or we will have it. We just don't know what it's going to look like. The SEC, a big player when it comes to what football might look like, they're going to permit voluntary in-person athletic activities, and that's going to resume, and it's going to resume at the discretion of each university beginning June 8th under what they're saying is strict supervision of designated university personnel and safety guidelines developed by each institution. That is what the SEC said today. It's funny, some conferences, okay, we're going to wait a few days before we get going. Some schools, we're going to wait a week or so. Other institutions, hey, look, they're here, they're coming now. We'll get this thing going June 1st. We'll be ready to go because you're going to have to go through a period. There's going to have to be a transition period. Now, June 8th, the SEC will begin a transition period that's going to allow student athletes to gradually adapt to full training and sports activities after the recent period of inactivity. Now, under plans developed by each university and consistent with state and local health directives, certain activities will be permitted based on the ability to participate in controlled and safe environments while also maintaining recommended social distancing measures. That's going to be key. What's the plan look like? How do you get these young men and women in these sports? Because basketball's in this as well. Not just football, basketball. That's going to be a big part of this. How is this going to turn out? How is this going to play out? And what happens? You go through this and all of a sudden, do you have a situation where maybe a couple of students come down, test positive for COVID-19? What happens then? What's the protocol? I don't know. 
I don't know, do you shut the whole thing down? Do you isolate and continue on? Do you ramp up testing even more? Are you going to do daily testing every other day? And after all, you can test, and then the next day that person could have been infected, and then you'll have a negative. You don't know. Honestly, I don't know. And I'm not going to pretend to tell you that I got all the answers either, but that's my question. What happens if someone tests positive? Does that mean you roll back what you're doing and you take it slower, or do you move forward? And, again, these are voluntary. So these young men and women, though those will be the key words there, voluntary, voluntary activity. So everyone who comes and participates, it's all on a voluntary basis. But yeah, there's got to be strict guidelines in place, and I'm sure there will be. I'm, I'm not saying anything to, to indicate there won't be, but that's going to be the challenge here, making sure that, okay, we can do this, but we've got to do it as safely as possible. Now, college football, as we know it, is going to be different. It's not going to be the same, no matter what happens. It's not going to be the same. Marshall, anticipating that there won't be any change to the schedule. Other institutions, they're anticipating everything from business as usual with the schedule to there might be some changes. Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith He's saying that early July deadline is what he's got on his calendar to formulate a schedule. He set that as a deadline for the 2020 season to occur in the fall. That's, that's his line now. He said, and this is, um, this is reporting from the Toledo Blade, he said, we need to not rush this. I know everyone is anxious to do that, but we need to have the opportunity for our medical experts to continue to collect data to see how our human behavior responds to the reopening environment across the country. We need to take into consideration not just Ohio, but all other states. Again, this is from the Toledo Blade. What is the schedule going to look like, though? What is schedule going to look like? Will there be some adjustment? They're hopeful. Gene Smith basically said as much. He said, I want to play games not just for us, but for Bowling Green and Buffalo because I know the dire straits that they're in. Buffalo, that's a big payout for them. They play Ohio State, they're getting a nice check. Even at reduced fan capacity, they're getting a nice check. Bowling Green, they're getting a nice check. For Bowling Green and Buffalo, that could help fund the athletic department for a good portion of time. That could lead to a lot of things being able to happen in that athletic department. And, again, that's why you take these money games. If you're a program like Buffalo, of course you're taking that game. You're taking that game every time you can because that's going to get you through the rest of the athletic budget and the athletic year with a good payout like that. Same for Bowling Green. Of course, again, Bowling Green, Buffalo, you know, two good schools in the Mid-American Conference. The Mac's not the most wealthiest of conferences, but they've got some money to work with. And, of course, you take a game like this, you have to. You have to take a game like this. But there's been that conversation. Okay, do you play just conference games? Do you play just non-conference games? Marshall loses some payout here if they take only a conference approach or 
if there's got to be an adjustment to the schedule, I mean, how do you make up some of those games? How do you make up the difference? I mean, some athletic directors have talked about the possibility, like, look, if this school can't play, we'll just pick someone else up and go. And if this school has to shut down because they've got some kids that have tested positive, we'll just pick another game. You know what? We'll cherry pick. I mean, we might see some horse trading going on here with these schedules. Could you imagine that? This thing could be fluid. I mean, that's the goal, though, not to be fluid like, all right, I don't know who we're playing here in a couple weeks. More like, okay, everybody is taking this thing seriously and locking kids down, locking these kids down, making sure that they stay healthy. And, of course, if you're a student athlete, I mean, you're going to have to be on, on lockdown if you're participating. If you're a student-athlete, you're going to be, of course, on campus. I can't envision, and that's going to be the key, I can't envision you do this thing without students on campus. So that's got to be the big hurdle there. If you've got students on campus, then you have the opportunity to have student-athletes on campus and participating in sports activities. Is there a way to do this without students on campus? Well, sure. You can basically have the student athletes who are on the football team. They're in town. How do you do that, though? I don't have the logistics there. But you understand what I'm saying. That's going to be the big hurdle here. Where do we go from that? And, again, everything is going to be dependent on fans, if they're going to be able to come back or not, students, if they're going to be on campus or not, and what the models look like and what the actual virus looks like. We're all working on the virus's timetable right now. And so right now, especially in West Virginia, West Virginia, infection rate's low. The curve was flattened, and that was the initial push to make sure that you don't overwhelm the healthcare system. And I think West Virginia has done that. You look at the numbers. You can't argue the numbers. More testing is happening, and that's going to be the key there, more testing. But at the same time, we just don't know. We just don't know. All right, don't forget coming up tomorrow, Cabin Fever Bash taking place, Ona Speedway, 4 p.m., Jason Toy, my friend, longtime friend from MRN Radio, and, of course, our very own Big Buck Country 101.5 will be calling the race Jason cutting his teeth back in the day at the Ona Speedway. So it would be fun to hear him go back to his roots. Uh, let me tell you, Jason loves racing. It's not an act. It's not a job for him. That kid, and he's younger than me, so I can call him a kid. That kid loves racing. And he is going to be like a kid in a candy store calling that thing tomorrow. And, of course, you can watch it on our Facebook page. And if you're going to our Facebook page, do me a favor. Like our Facebook page. And then you can get those notifications. Go to Facebook right now. Find ESPN 94.1 Huntington. I've made it easy for you to find. We're the only ESPN 94.1 Huntington. You can find that. Like the page. Then you can follow what we're doing. That'll be an easy place for you to find our racing event. And that is coming up tomorrow. Again, 4 p.m. You can follow along. Jason Toy is going to have all the play-by-play action of that one. and It's going to be fun to see some, some mud and some dirt. If you haven't been out to the Ona Speedway, 
Uh, this might be a, a good primer for you. This might be, I mean, what else are you doing tomorrow? What else are you doing tomorrow? Check this out. That's coming up tomorrow. All right. We are done for the day. Back on Tuesday, Memorial Day, we will not be here. ESPN offering up some play-by-play, some classic World Series action coming up. We'll post that schedule on our website and our Facebook page. We'll get you all the details, so keep checking there as we will post that on a regular basis so you can find out what the schedule is going to be. I'll be back here on the radio, on the air, Tuesday. Hopefully we've got some fun things to talk about, including I I hope we get the NHL back in some form, and then maybe we can find out if we get the NBA back in some form. I'm hoping some things happen. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great Memorial Day. Hope you um, hope you enjoy your holiday and uh, remember what we uh, celebrate Memorial Day for. Back on Tuesday. Until then, good night. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.